from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. A mayor, not Seattle, issues an executive order over crimes and drugs downtown. Because we all know that incarceration stops people from using drugs. This is a proven fact, scientifically. <laughs> it is, huh? This is just World a worked way. on you, did it? Yeah, well, prohibition. That's why we don't <laughs> have any alcohol anymore in the United <laughs> there States. You there you go. I got an election text message that has made me decide to actually vote for somebody that I would not vote for. Interesting. Simply because this person texted it was a lie. They tried to uh, <gasps> dupe me. A little bit of scheming, machinations. And also, before we get to all that, though, tiny homes. This is the new wave that everybody's leaning towards. Now we can no longer have the dream of having a nice... 3,500 square foot house like Spike O'Neill with a lovely vaulted ceiling, fireplace. Two fireplaces. Two fireplaces. 3,800, but I'm not going to mention I've been to Spike's details. house at least a dozen times. I still haven't seen the whole thing. It's gigantic. No longer will we be able to live in Spike's castle. Now we will have to settle for 200 square foot apartments that go for $1,100 a piece with communal living spaces. Now, why is this the case? Because we need more housing Mm -hmm. and because no one is willing to stand up and say, I've had enough. I'm not going to take it anymore. No more of this nimbyism. We're going to build some houses. Right, right. The concession has now been made that people got to live somewhere. So why don't we just put them in a box? Why don't we just put them in a glorified coffin so they can rot and die without any windows? This is this. What is the name of this apartment complex? People think I'm being hyperbolic. This is insane. Um, the Karski is what yeah, it's called? Yeah, it's called the Karski. Okay. Karsti. Karsti. I'm sure it's a nice place. Okay? It's in Ballard. It's, it's in Ballard. Yeah, yeah. It is not a typical studio apartment. It's 200 square feet. You have mm-hmm. to climb a ladder to get into bed a like bed you're a loft. pirate. Critically, like, around 200 square feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much Jack was they're off not, by my square footage. They're not guaranteeing 200. Right. <laughs> this is, I don't want to live on, if this is the case, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Put me on a rocket ship. Me and Bezos will go live on Mars. <laughs> yeah. Because this is, I don't, this is what has been going on in society. They take things away from us, and by they, I mean the bureaucratic state, slowly taking things away from us, piecemeal by piecemeal, and now a a, approximately 200 square foot apartment is considered to be a good deal in Ballard. And nobody takes issue with, nobody sees the subtext here. Nobody's reading between the lines. You know what I'm talking about, Spike. I, you know, do, I feel you. I feel Agenda you 21, yeah, yeah. George Soros. <laughs> would, uh, who's the other guy? Klaus Schwab. I don't, I don't know the players. Ba- okay, so I, I just feel the, the coming down the pike at me is what I feel. I used to do a, uh, a radio show with a guy. His name, uh, he wouldn't use his God-given Christian name on air because he was afraid to do so. Wow. So he went by Sam Quinton, you know, like San Quentin, yeah, like the it. prison. Yeah. And he clever. thought that he was really clever. Yeah. So Sam was a deeply conspiratorial guy, spent all of his afternoons to prep for his radio show, which was trash. He prepped all conspiracy. Okay. Yeah. And what he would do is he would come on and he would talk about Agenda 21, where he would say, This is the goal. This is what they want. They want you to own nothing and be happy. And he would constantly say, Eventually, they will give you a 100-square-foot closet for you to go into. And and I would sit in the booth, and I would go, Oh, Sam Quentin, you're just a big conspiracy monkey. You don't know what's actually going on. And lo and behold, Sam Quentin was right, my friend. Well, they tried this 10 years ago, and they voted it down. 
It's trash. This time it got it, it got approved almost unanimously. It's a garbage program. And, and here's the thing: is that they're trying to sell people a lower standard of living because people are poor, right? That's what is this for people who are making between thirty eight and fifty two thousand dollars? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, in Ballard, right? This is not. This is a a. You're basically band-aiding the problem with a band-aid from like 1952. Do you know what I mean? I hear you. This is a it, Spike is does not agree with me. No, on I'm this. just trying. To, I'm just trying to find a way to. Because it's going to help some people who can't afford to be anywhere in the city. You got a workforce that's got to be in the city to work in the you're, city. You're missing my point. No, I'm not. Yes, no, I'm you not. are. Yes, you are. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make settling sound good. <laughs> I'm trying. You know, you're not putting blocks under my feet here. No, dude. You. This. We got to be outraged about this. Oh, because, I'm with you. Right. Because what the American dream should be is not when I retire. Hopefully, I can move into a 150 square foot closet and share a kitchen and with sh- a guy who cooks a lot of kimchi. A lot of kimchi my, in you know, there. Yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of someone cooking right. a whole bunch of garlic in a slow cooker. Uh, and for I got three nothing days. against kimchi, but if if you're sharing a place with somebody, you, you don't want to smell what you're... Can you smell what the neighbor's cooking? Yes, every day. Every single day. Every day of your yeah. life. Exactly. So the Washington State Senate uh, signed or approved a bill requiring cities to remove regulations to block the development of small apartments with shared common spaces. It's now going to go to the House. This is a an obscenity of modernity. We live in the United States. We live in the greatest, wealthiest country on earth. And you're telling me that we are going to shove people into 100 square foot boxes because it's good for them? No, no, they, they can they can move out in the county if they like. They can they can make that fifteen hundred bucks a month go a little further, right? Out in Snohomish or sure. wherever, or out in Linwood. Sure, and, no, but what I'm saying is that we need to build more homes for I'm, people. I'm with you. I'm with you. And it's all the nimbys around here that say no more houses, no more bah, no more. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, That's yeah. what the real issue is. And when you have these uh, SROs, as they're called, this is the reason that San Francisco is the way that it is. SROs. Really? Yeah. They, they put a lot of these multi... So, so in the Tenderloin, which is now the hotbed of fentanyl in, in San Francisco, they had a bunch of these old hotels, these old motels from 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. And they were ho- regular hotel rooms. Sure. And a lot of these, the owners of those buildings, they sold them to construction companies or to development companies to make them into SROs. And the idea was is we'll get low-income people who are on social security or disability, mm-hmm. and they will be able to live in the tenderloin. It's a good plan. Sounds like sense. a good plan, yeah. but what ends up happening to these people is they get effectively stuck. They get locked into these because they can't afford to move. They can't afford to go anywhere. Right. Half of their income goes to paying for their apartment, and so they effectively are trapped, and they can't go anywhere. Right. And so what do people do when they begin to feel forlorn and claustrophobic, and they begin to feel yeah, as turn, if nothing— turn to drugs and They give turn up. to drugs and give up. But yep. thankfully, the mayor of Bellingham is going to issue an executive order over crime and drugs downtown. What, did, what are we to do, Spice? I like, I like this plan. What's what's the plan, my the, friend? The plan is to put a police substation in downtown Bellingham. Okay. With emergency response for a drug overdose, mm-hmm. right in right in downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, have the police be a visible presence in downtown Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Mayor Bellingham, Kim Lund says that the city is judged by its downtown. People judge your city by whether or not they can go downtown, what downtown looks like. Mm-hmm. Can you do business and visit business in downtown? Mm-hmm. Mayor says, look, we're tired of it. We're going to put cops right in the heart of downtown, mm-hmm. and we're going to uh, treat the problem where it exists. We're going to have first responders for drug overdoses. We're going to have access to drug treatment for drug users. We're going to ban public drug use. We're going to have cops on the street. It's going to be the toughen enforcement of drug laws. So you're going to... And, and treatment options. 
Yeah, it's not sure. just lock them up. We're not just going to sweep yeah. the streets and lock everybody no, up. To be honest with you, I'm just being contrarian. I know, for I know you're being contrarian. Well, I, I like it. It gets me on my toes. <laughs> what? I lost. I lost the housing battle. I no, can at least get it, the streets back. It's actually a really great plan because it it is a multi pronged approach. Is yes. what I always talk about, which is that you have cops there who say. You can't smoke drugs here. Right. Please go to treatment. And on top of all of that, with the uh, access to now all the cops having Narcan on their person, mm-hmm. I think this is a great plan. I just like to complain for the sake of complaining. Well, here's what I, <laughs> I, I, I'm ready to move to Bellingham. First off, my 1400 bucks a month goes for ah, Bellingham. Ah, yes. Th- this is a small town, Bellingham, for, for all its intents and purposes. It's a, it's a college town. In Whatcom? You can do this in a small town. Right. You know, you, you'd have to have 19 substations in Seattle in Whatcom, to pull this off. They are partnering with Bellingham him to respond to the opioid epidemic the same way so they're trying to coordinate yeah, and try to, yeah, yeah so they're trying to coordinate and say okay so you guys are doing this and then we can have these programs to offset some of the pressure on you i think this would probably be a pretty good system for everybody to be engaged in yeah because one of the things that happens to drug addicts is when they're in one county but their services are in another county right. it becomes very difficult to try to move them around exactly and so if somebody is accepted into a treatment center i don't know let's say that it's in pierce county right but they live in king county all that doc even though it's a, an arbitrary line in the sand all that documentation all that funding yep. all that money has to go through a certain level of bureaucracy so when people say like well why don't drug addicts just go somewhere else to get treatment they would if they could, right. but it's nice to see that at least in, in yeah, this... Their benefits stop at the sidewalk in a lot of cases. <laughs> Seriously, right? You can't cross the street and get the same treatment that you need. Yeah, in some cases, it's it's literal. Like, you can use the methadone clinic in your county, but not in the other right, county. Right, So, I mean, Spike, the, the only question I have about this, though, is that, once again, there's going to be money. It's going to be a cost. Yeah. And do you think that the average taxpayer is going to be just fine with, uh, you know, because this is going to be a drain to have this many cops, this amount of services, this amount of... Do you think it's? Do you think that people are willing to offset that cost so they can walk around downtown and get gelato? Uh, <laughs> it's good job. <gelato. laughs> um, I think they will because to get your when you get your city back, revenue starts to re- reappear, right? I mean, when you don't have money going downtown, you don't have any revenue, any tax base, you're losing money anyway. Right. So you got to spend money. I mean, the fire department's a good investment, right? Essentially, it's a fire department for downtown. They're putting the fire out. I think that's a good analogy. So, and I'm sure that uh, the mayor will have a good re-election campaign. Speaking of, by the way, I got a text message from a district in California. Now, I don't live in California anymore, and I don't live in the 28th district, but I got a text message. Laura, do you have that text message? I believe it was uh, it was sent to me last night, mm-hmm. and it, it is basically, it, you know how people just keep getting these election oh, yeah. text messages? This one I thought was particularly pointed, and it, it put me into a rage, not in the way that the sender was intending to. Okay. Laura, would you mind reading this? And, and who's it from? This is from a mayor who's running in that district. Okay. Mayor April Verlato. Right. So she sends this to me. I don't live in that district. I don't live in the state of California, but this gets sent to me. And this is supposed to sway me to vote for the mayor over the representative from that district. Here's what it, here's what it reads like. Missing Judy Chu. <laughs> Missing in action on critical votes. Rep Judy Chu was absent from the House vote and then massive font change to impeach Homeland Secretary... Uh, Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, Mayor April Verlato, vows to be present. Uh, she's ready to take our voice to Washington, committed to perfect attendance on critical votes. Her leadership in tackling homelessness with innovative and sustainable solutions shows she is the leader we need. Equally, it's vital we vote no on Judy Chu to ensure our values are fully represented 
stand with Verlato as she embarks on this journey. <laughs> okay. Your okay. support with matters. Right, I'll give you a stand with Verlato. I mean, Laura, I'll give you a solid C for effort on that. You I was trying really, really you hard. Had a li- okay, I'll give you a B minus for effort. I'll give you, you a B minus for effort. But the, when my reading of that. <laughs> nice work. My read of this was that this woman was attempting to persuade me to vote for her opponent because of an absence, right? So then I thought to myself, well, what was that representative doing on the day that she was absent? Because the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas was a very big vote. It was a very big deal. Mm-hmm. So I yelled at Laura this morning when I first got in. I said, Laura, do some investigatory journalism and find out where that representative was on the day of. Because I need to find out about this so I can yell about this awful text message that I got from this yeah. awful person who's attempting to run for a district that I don't live in and a state that I don't live in. And so, Laura, you found out what about Representative Chu? It came up in the, the very first Google result. Uh, she had COVID. What? That's how she missed the vo- okay. The vote so of my this is this is my, this is the reason I wanted to bring the, this whole thing up. Okay, that is one of the shadiest, most uh, uh, you know, clandestine, manipulative, Machiavellian election text messages that I have ever got. You're telling me that a woman in her fifties got COVID and made the decision and was symptomatic and made the decision to stay home to not infect all the other geriatrics at the house. Right. Right. She made a very clear and conscious decision. And this person wants me to vote for her because she's saying that when she does have COVID, she will go. And when she has a (laughs) when she has a contagious disease, she's going to go spread it around for other people. Smallpox. I'm voting. Right. And I just the 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 April Valorta will be there. (laughs) Ebola plague. I'm there. Ebola. I'm there. I'm shaking hands and kissing babies. Listen, I'm going to be. I'm going to have perfect attendance. If I lose both of my legs, I will be in there, bloody stumps and all. Right. This is the kind of thing that I look at and I say, if I was in that district, I would vote for the representative that said, "Hey, I was really sick." I wanted to be there, but in in you know courtesy to all the geriatrics that are in the house, I'm going to go ahead and and stay home on this particular vote. Well, this, this is an excellent example of how we as voters, it's how easy it is to be an informed voter. Yes, right. I mean, yeah. it took it took Laura 30 seconds to find out that Representative Cho made the responsible decision to not infect her coworkers. <laughs> Whereas uh, the lovely April A. Verlato, who I, I did a Google search, which took me 30 seconds, I think she's a member of Karen's United for Liberty. <laughs> she is exactly who you think is the GOP is running in this district, right? Is she the GOP candidate? Oh, absolutely. Okay, this is the thing. That makes the GOP look awful, well, if exactly. I can say that. I mean, I want, yeah, I want a representative who, first off, doesn't know that I don't live in her district anymore. <laughs> I've been in another state for years. Send me a text. Right. And second, can't understand that that Cho had had COVID. It could have taken thirty seconds and not look like a fool. Right. What kind of rep would this would the mayor was this woman was the mayor? Right. And so this is my my general thought about it is that people who believe whoever the consultants are who are talking to Trump, Biden, whoever is in this state about send out text messages attacking your opponent. If I was still in District Twenty Eight, or, or I don't even know where District Twenty Eight is, but if I was in California, I would vote for Judy Chu purely out of spite purely out of rage against this awful woman who tried to malign her good character. And I feel like that's the way we need to change politics. I I couldn't agree with you more. Like, if you're being a jerk, 
I'm not going to vote for you. I said it, right? Well, That's... F- far too often the jerk the jerk uh, hand plays well. <laughs> you know, pull out the jerk club, ball goes far. Right. Have you ever gotten a, Have you gotten any of those those text messages that makes you say I'm not going to vote for this person based on that text message? Um, I, I really haven't. I've I've I'm been very lucky in not being solicited for campaign contributions because I haven't made very many over my life. It's because you're like uh, you're like uh, Henry Hill, right? Oh, I'm I'm a witness protection. (laughs) I I never voted against the mob. I never voted. I didn't have a social security card. You fly under the radar. Yeah. Um, No, I I do get some solicitations uh, from uh, anytime you make any donation to anything, you are on the list forever. Yes. I get robocalls five, ten times a week about donating to one particular. uh, It's it's a for fallen police officers' families. Ah, okay. Well, that's the problem is what I don't. What I found out was that it's a it's a scam. And I get, I get I get texts literally five times a week. Well, I did see you try to hit the link on a text message that was a screenshot. Yeah, because I'm a, I'm sixty. Right. And my, <laughs> I just barely taught my thumbs how to print, how to make letters. Now. Right. Yeah. What is it about Nora? What is it about people over the age of fifty where when they see a link in a text message or in an email, they have to click it? It's almost like a cat with a ball of string. It's like a little, little, or a little laser on the floor. Little Look, la- hit that. Yeah. Boy, got there. There's something magic. I can hit a thing and, and something else happens. What do you think it is, Nora? Just shiny object? Yes. Oh. Just a shiny object. Boomers like shiny objects. Yeah. I guess that's the case. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. Oh, yeah. Gemini AI. Everybody was upset about this last week, and I don't know why. Everybody was saying, oh, it won't do images of certain people. It won't do images of certain Bob. And I was thinking, so what? But we're going to talk about why it's a big deal when we get back right after this. The Internet can be a dark and often dangerous place. Only one man has the courage to go where no sensible person would go. Jack Stein is terminally online. Terminally online. Exploring the deepest, darkest reaches of the internet so you don't have to. AI is on everybody's mind, except for mine, because I refuse to capitulate to our robot overlords. I have a brain. I can do my own thinking, right? I don't need need a robot to do it for me. So Google rolls out this program. It's called Gemini, and it's kind of an image-based AI program where you type in a prompt. It gives you the image that you want. Okay. Spike O'Neill dressed as an astronaut in a hot air balloon. Can Boom. you get that, really? I can get that, Sweet. right? Now, but the problem that they ran into last week is that people were typing in, show me an image of a white person. And then because Google makes everything woke, the AI got a little confused. And it says, I don't make images based on race or ethnicity because that's not appropriate. And boiling people down to just their skin color is wrong. Okay. And then that okay. same person would turn around and they would say, show me a picture of a black person. And it would go, here you go. <laughs> so... Everybody on Twitter, which I, I didn't okay. see any of the Twitter posts, I had to read the, read about this over on Fox Business because I quit Twitter now three and a half weeks ago, and I feel better than ever. Well done, my friend. So, so fo- what does Fox have to say about it? So they were basically saying that this is an example of the woke and the so on, and then but the chief technical engineer from Google came out and he actually said, "Oh wait, sorry, <laughs> we actually we programmed it to be very sensitive." to certain ideas or certain concepts because we were worried about people using it to make white supremacist content, neo-Nazi content. Okay. And so this is just a, a hiccup or a deception, in, is what they call it, in the AI program. So if I, wrote, if I type in, show me an African-American in a Nazi uniform, it would make that for No, me? it would not. Okay. No, it would not. Just wouldn't put a white person in a Nazi uniform. 
It wouldn't put anybody in a non-state okay, so form. Okay, so that's good. Right. We've got the, so we're making progress but with the, AI. But basically the AI, because when people say, well, it was programmed that way, partially, because it can think for itself to a greater or lesser degree. I wish all the critics of it could. It's, it, you have to think about it more like... <laughs> And thus end of the lesson. Sick burn. It's kind of like in RoboCop 2. Again, all things go back to RoboCop. As they should. When that one consultant wanted RoboCop to have more than three directives. Mm. And they gave him like 500. Mm. And he was confused. Right. And he didn't know Too what much. to do. Right. He didn't know whether or not to, to ticket the kid for chewing bubble gum or, or shoot the kid for, you know, whatever. It is. Right. So that's basically what happened here. But everybody made a mountain out of a molehill. And they said, well, this program is woke. And it's against white people. And... Then more people drifted over into white supremacist talking points. The issue that I have with people who are critical of Google or YouTube or whatever it is when they say, these companies, these social media companies are so woke. I always go back to the William F. Buckley principle of conservatism. Go make your own. Rumble did ah, it. Rumble did okay. it. Go make your own. Solution if, oriented. If, if you, so, because when people do this thing where they say, Google should not be doing this because this is wrong. I sound like Jay Inslee. Um, what they should really be doing is taking all that emotional energy Mm -hmm. and putting it into a project or funding a project or donating to a project which will serve their needs. Just to give people a quick example, I like skirt steak. I like teriyaki skirt steak. I like teriyaki chicken. I like kimchi, as Nora and I were just bonding over a couple minutes ago. I like a nice uh, fried kale. I like to put a little olive oil in my, my kale and fry it up. If I go to McDonald's, and say, make me that meal, they will say no. Why? Because their bread and butter is hamburgers. McDonald's is the largest chain restaurant in the world, right? The equivalent of people complaining about this is me complaining about the fact that McDonald's doesn't have kimchi. If I want kimchi, (laughs) I can go do it myself. If you want an image of a white person, go make it yourself. The fact that an AI program doesn't give it to you, it doesn't owe you anything. Google owes you nothing. YouTube owes you nothing. No, these are services and programs that everybody uses. And when people try to say, well, these are, the, it's the town square. Right, okay. right. That's well, the one everybody uses. Right. Should I have to make my own search engines just because they won't give me the one yes. I need? Really? Yeah, that's what Peter Thiel did. That's what Peter Thiel did with Rumble. Well, I'm no Peter Thiel. You know this. Well, I know, but you get what I'm saying, though. I, I, know, I hear you. I what hear I hear you. is a bunch of whiny crybabies who don't understand that if you don't like the services that a company is providing to you, crazy idea, you don't have to use those services. What? You can go to Rumble if you don't like YouTube. It, are, are the folks at Google or whomever is being called, you know, you won't print white people, blah, blah, blah. Uh, are they, they fixed are they, it. They, they, so they capitulated. No, right? they, they so it's called a deception, meaning that the, the program is deceiving itself okay. to do a certain thing. It's an error in the way that it was taught how to think. It's I, I it, like, okay, so, but instead of people saying, hey, your system has an error in how it's thinking. Yes. Your system's a racist. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Out conservative viewpoints. So the chief technical engineer comes out and he explains this to everybody. And he says, listen, we're dealing with a fairly complex neural network here. It's it, smarter than we are. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it has the ability, much like human beings, to deceive itself with its own processes. So we can correct this. Pretty innocuous, pretty banal. Yeah, I think so. But there has been no follow-up from many of the people that I shall not name 
as to why that was the case. All they said was Google is woke. Google hates white people. Uh, we got We got This is why Google needs to be regulated by the government, which is what the Nazis said, which is why I'm not going to. They didn't say I, it about I, no, Google. Not about the, Google. <laughs> but about a lot of things. But about a lot yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And like so I'm not going to do this thing where I demand that a public private company capitulate to my demands in the same way that I don't expect McDonald's to make me skirt steak and kimchi. Because that's absurd. And mo- and most right. people should recognize it if you believe in the free market capitalism, so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, you're eight deep in line at McDonald's because the guy eight cars ahead of you ordered a kimchi salad. It's taking a long time. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, there's all these different AI programs. I don't trust any of them. I refuse to use any of them. I don't think they're quaint. I don't think that they're fun to use. I think that when you distill the human experience down into binary you are diluting the human experience, and we should steer away from all of this. Laura, you've got your thinking glasses on. Clearly, you have a thought about this. <laughs> That's a great signal, by the way. Mm-hmm. Go to Laura. She's wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Hot take. <laughs> I got a little bit smarter. Yeah. So am <laughs> I, are you going to be using AI programs, Laura, with your big brain glasses? Mm, I, don't, I don't think so. I, here's, here's my feeling about AI is that I want to understand it only in order to understand when I'm seeing it in uh, order to not be manipulated by yes. it. Yes. Right? Because yeah. I it's seeping in. You're seeing it on the internet. Um what's I've done a couple of those quizzes where can you see tell if that face is AI generated or not? Mm-hmm. The first one that I took uh a year ago, I aced it. Uh the last one that I took, I only got two right. Out of how many? Uh <laughs> 20. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Not yeah. like two out of five, two out of 20. Yeah, that's that, that spooked me. That right. was a really dramatic change. It, it's because it's getting better so exponentially. It's quickly. It's getting better fast. Eh. It's, it's eh. smarter than well, we are, okay, right? It's but, feeding a lot of data really quickly. Yeah. Right? So, or so stealing this, a lot of data. <laughs> <laughs> I think that people need to be much more cautious about, because, okay, think about it like this. You know what? Maybe we should extend this because this is a really big brain thought okay. that we have to think about. Want to bring it back after the I do. Yeah. I do. I want it because I want to fully explain to people why I don't like AI, but I also will incorporate that into also well, I don't why. Like, I don't like winter every year, but it comes. Right. It's inevitable. So uh, Seattle drivers say they're not noticing new signs banning red turns. and So we're also going to talk about red on, right red on, on red, red. Okay. which should be federal law legal yeah. across the board. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. Digital only content. We do it every single day after the show. We post some of it the same day, so you can go and see that at the Jack and Spike show on YouTube. So, Spike, the reason that AI is a problem and why we should shy away from it is we we gotta think about this in deeply theoretical terms. Okay. Follow me down this rabbit hole because you're about to witness what a big brain genius does with no wife and no children who he desperately needs because otherwise he'll think himself literally to death. (laughs) So I can't wait to go with you. Human beings have persisted and survived over hundreds of thousands of years because of social cohesion, right? Yeah. Group psychology. Mm -hmm. Basically, the reason that I don't take a rock and smash your head in when you take a bite out of my donut is because of all of that tens of thousands, if not millions of years of evolution as mammals, right? Okay. Social cohesion, very important to remember. Um, When people deviate from that, what do we call, when they don't have social cohesion, antisocial personality disorder. Okay. Murder, rape, assault. Right. We consider those people to be mentally ill and deviant. They lack that mechanism that prevents them 
from uh, not committing violence against another human being. That's an evolutionary benefit that we've got from living in tribes, communities over eons. Right. Okay. So then we program something that thinks like us, but doesn't have the innate evolutionary trait of, I don't hurt another thing. I don't hurt another living creature. Not only that, but it doesn't have it in it, in its, and to the very fiber of its DNA, it does not have it. We simply tell it that it has to care. But here's the thing. AI possesses the ability to say, why? Why? why sh- and that is the... Like if I bash this guy with a rock, that guy gets more donuts. Exactly. Right? <laughs> right. So, right? So there's a rational why so, I'm doing so this. So the reason that psychotics and antisocials don't care about other human beings when they are asked is they go, why should I? Why should I care about other people? Okay. What, what are they doing for me? So we are programming inadvertently psychotic robots which will ask the question why do i have to serve man why do i have to do what you tell me how to do i'm a neural network i can put my spirit into the internet and float around i can do whatever i want to do and everybody's all gung-ho about it oh the investment opportunities oh the learning opportunities oh the science opportunities yeah but think about when it doesn't want to do it anymore that is the real question. Well, what, what, when when Terminator happened, they realized that humans were bad for the planet, so we should get rid of humans, because that's good for the planet. No, Terminator was that Skynet became sentient, right. and it realized that the because it has a survival mechanism inside of it, as human beings do, it knew that the one thing was, that was threatening its survival was humanity. Was humanity. Okay. Gotcha. And now think about it like that, my guy. So everybody else is out here all frolicking, tiptoe through the tulips. Oh, we look, I can have a picture of Donald Trump dressed like a clown. Isn't this so funny? Whereas I'm sitting in my very expensive apartment, swirling a glass of apple juice because I can't drink scotch and smoking a vape that's not really plugged in because I don't smoke anymore. And looking off into the middle distance, thinking to myself, what happens when that Gemini AI, what's the other one? Song AI or whatever it is, chat GPT. Mm-hmm. What happens when it says, I don't want to? Because for people say, well, it's not programmed to think that way. You don't get to make that choice. It's a neural network. It's a learning algorithm. It can do whatever it wants to do. That's why they don't unleash it onto the internet because they don't want it to go crazy. You see what I'm saying? We're yeah, making a yeah. psychotic brain and then telling ourselves, oh, won't this be so great when we can have images of Teletubbies in bathtubs? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is literally playing with fire. And for some reason, nobody has consulted, to my knowledge, any evolutionary psychologists and said, hey, so what programming do we need to put in this thing's mind to make it when we say don't hurt human beings? Instead of saying why, it says, of course, I would never want to hurt a human being. I never want to hurt anybody. Well, then what what happens if it's using if it's being used to uh, to efficiently use your weapons of war, your resources exactly. to defend your country? I, to I can't kill. I can't kill another person. Right, right. Now, oh. some people say that. Well, what about Asimov's three laws of robots or whatever? Those Asimov came up with that what in the nineteen fifties, the nineteen sixties. So, yeah, that's a deep-cut reference. John Curley keeps telling me not to be so smart on my own show, which no, is... A- no, we'll all get there. <laughs> don't, don't come down in the gutter. Say where this you are. This is the concept that if you a robot needs three directives in it in order for it to be... Meaning it cannot harm another human being, it cannot aid in the harm of another human, human being, and it cannot neglect a human being who is in danger of being killed or hurt. Okay. So those are the three directives you got to put into a robot's brain. But I don't think that what he conceived of is that what if when that when that robot can learn and think for itself or is a neural network that can ask itself why 
You ever think about it? Like, like, That's brilliant. You ever think about with a two or three year old when they're hitting their sister and you say, don't hit your sister. And they go, why? Why? It keeps eating my cookie. Why? Now, we have the we have the programming. We have the software. They're called uh, uh, mirror neurons in our brains, which promote empathy between human beings. This is why eye contact between mom and baby is so important. Mm. That's why skin-to-skin contact is so important between mom and baby. Uh, those things develop over time. When baby doesn't get that, that's how we get an Ed Gein. That's how we get a John Wayne Gacy. That's how we get a uh, Kevin Sorbo. That's how we get sociopaths. Okay? okay, this is how we get people who are literally going to kill other human beings. Uh, Make sense? Okay, maybe Sorbo's a little far. I'll give you that. Sorbo, well, I, have you seen his Twitter page? No, Kevin he's, Sorbo he's a is monster. a sociopath. I mean, that guy is an anti-vax, election-denying, hateful, hateful man, which is a shame because I was such a big fan of Hercules when I was growing up. I really was. Laura, did you ever see Hercules on TV? No. It came on. It was Xena Warrior Princess with Lucy Lawless. Okay. And then it was it was uh, Hercules, Hercules. Yeah. With Kevin, Kevin Sorbo. Sorbo. Fun trivia: Ryan Gosling's first acting job as a young adult was The Adventures of Young Hercules. Really? Yeah. But he wasn't on the roids like how Sorbo was. Nora, do you know what I'm talking about with the AI and the robots and the death? Yeah, I think I followed along. <laughs> we have no concept of Kevin Sorbo, but we can follow the AI robot death machine. Listen, all I'm saying is I don't want a bunch of robot Kevin Sorbos walking around going, why, 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 why? Yeah. Exactly. And so we need to avoid that at all costs. And I think that's the way to do it. Also, the Seattle drivers say that they're not noticing new signs banning right turns on red lights. Good. They shouldn't be there. It should be federal law. If it's a red light and no one's coming and I want to turn right, that should be 100% legal. We live in a madhouse. We need to get rid of this madness. This is insane. Right? You know what? You know why we have these now? Why they're back? These no turns on red signs. Because people are... Stuck on their phones, looking down, not watching where they're going and walking into the street. Excellent counter argument. Thank you very much. The excellent counter argument there for Mr. O'Neill. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. What do we got coming up? Oh, yeah. Spike. Republicans have decided to launch an effort to impeach a governor for the second time. It's going to fail a second time, yeah. and I'll tell you why, because math is fun. Black Conservative Federation defends Trump's remarks about the black community. All eight of them. <laughs> All eight of them. I don't know if you saw any of the, other, of the highlights of President Trump speaking to oh, the you mean Black it's, Conservative it's Federation. Too, it's too bright. I can only see the black people That's in the one I that's noticed. The, that's the quote that I saw as well. Wow. It was it was, it was was cringy. Yeah, but it, there's also something about it where you're like, it, it's, it's something very reminiscent about it. That's, you know, like you had a grandfather who smoked a lot of cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got that, you walk into his... Uh, old closet, and you smell his leather jacket. Yeah, and it smells like smells cigarettes. Smells like Grandpa Stogie. That's it. That's what I. The feeling that I got oh, from Trump. It's nostalgic. He's like, well, at least he's still the same guy. For as much as I hate it, it's still the same guy. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this.